Welcome back to another episode of Next Gen Athletics, a podcast all about college sports. In today's show, we're going to talk about the games from this past weekend. We'll take a look at the AP Talk 25 and talk about what the committee will look at tomorrow night. And I'll make my mock picks for top 25 if I was a part of the committee. Finally, I'll name my big winners and losers from this past weekend. Now, ladies and gents, let's kick the tires and light the fires. Welcome back to another episode, everybody. It's episode seven. Uh, I can't believe it's been almost a month that we've been doing this. You guys continue to love and the support. Um, truly, I cannot thank you guys enough. Uh, like I said a couple weeks ago, I hope you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. Um, I'm having a blast doing it. It's something that I've, I've always wanted to do, and I never thought that it would kind of get this much uh, support and love like it is. So I uh, just thank you guys a lot. I can't can't really stress that enough. Just thank you guys. Um, but let's get into it. What a weekend it was for college athletics and, and a weekend for the upsets. Lots of teams uh, in the top 25 losing uh, and crazy enough, most of them to, to unranked teams. Uh, we'll we'll kind of break down uh, that a little bit more in my winners and losers and especially when we get into the top 25 because uh, big week. Uh, in college sports, the committee is back at it, doing their thing. Uh, they're going to meet tomorrow night, uh, and, and the first committee top 25 will come out tomorrow night at 7.30 on ESPN. So uh, if you're anything like me, you're definitely going to be tuned in watching that. Uh, I'm really, really interested to see where a couple teams fall, uh, especially at the top. You know, I think everybody's kind of solidified right now that Georgia, Tennessee, and Ohio State are definitely that top three. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see who's one, who's two, and who's three. Uh, but we'll break that down a little later on in the show. Uh, it's not important to get into right now, so we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about it. Uh, but we are going to talk about my big five games from the weekend, and we'll break those down in their entirety. Uh, and we'll take a look at some of the other big upsets, and I'll just kind of mention them in passing. Uh, but the first one I mentioned at noon, Ohio State took on... Penn State in Pennsylvania, Happy Valley was loud, it was rocking, and for a little bit there, it looked as though it would it would be a game, it looked as though it was going to be something where, uh, you know, it was a true kind of Big Ten rivalry, it was kind of low scoring, and then the fourth quarter happened, and all of a sudden, Ohio State showed that they are Ohio State, and Penn State showed that, you know what, sometimes, even after a good performance, putting up 31 points on the number two team in the country, you don't always get the win, so... Uh, but Ohio State getting the win, 44-31, to 31, uh, and what turned into a very, very good defensive performance from the Buckeyes, uh, creating lots of turnovers, three interceptions and one fumble, uh, four complete turnovers. Uh, one of the interceptions was taken back for a touchdown, uh, and two of the interceptions were by a defensive end. So credit to that young man. Uh, his last name, and I'm going to butcher it, is Tuilimolau. So... I know I butchered that really bad, but it's spelled T-U-I-M-O-L-O-A-U. So if you've got a better idea of how to pronounce it, let me know because he seems to be a guy for the future. Uh, he had two interceptions, uh, a strip sack, 
and also tipped a pass that was intercepted. So he had a, he had a role in all four turnovers on the day. So credit to that young man for for having a day. And and you know sometimes we talk about it. Sometimes there's these individual performances on a football field that pretty much guarantee a win. And when you have a role in in causing and creating and and performing four separate turnovers, you're not going to lose many games as as long as your offense isn't turning the ball over as well. And C.J. Stroud proving the continuing to prove that he is just elite. Uh, he went 26 for 33 on the day, 354 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Smith and Jigba uh, was limited on the day. Uh, he was on a snap count, so he didn't even get a chance to to really show. Um, Penn State what he's all about but obviously we've talked about it before Ohio State is very very deep at the wide receiver position Uh, the running back also went for 78 yards and two touchdowns so a day a complete day for the Buckeyes Uh, a really good day to be an Ohio State fan taking care of business over Penn State 44 to 31 and this was a game where I told you guys it was hard to sit and pick a team to win because at halftime it was 14 to 13 Penn State. I told you guys that look, it could be really really close. It could not be really really close. And I feel like a lot of games that I I said that for this weekend ended up to be true with the exception of one and we'll talk about that later on. Um but you know, I think Penn State did a heck of a job competing with Ohio State for as long as they did. Um I I said on the podcast that I didn't think they would be able to hang with the Buckeyes for the whole game. I didn't. Obviously, I picked Ohio State to win. Uh, by the way, went four and one on the weekend, my best weekend yet. So I'm just gonna flex that for a second there. But I, I really didn't think that it would be something where the Nittany Lions were gonna get the win. Um, but credit to them for hanging around. You know, I think that's gonna be something where that's gonna be one of the best performances against Ohio State all year. Um, like I've said, I think Ohio State is unbelievably good. Uh, you'll hear a little bit later on, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. I've got them as my number one team in the country right now. Uh, I think right now they're the standard and everybody else is chasing. So um, it's going to be exciting to watch the rest of the year, especially that Michigan-Ohio State matchup as it's looking to be another top five matchup, uh, maybe even top four uh, or top three, depending on how the rest of the season goes. But um in 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 conclusion, in in final closing out of this game, Ohio State winning deservedly so, forty four to thirty one over Penn State. My next game was a disappointing one, to say the least. Uh, Oklahoma State traveled to Kansas and lost forty eight to nothing. The headlines going into this game were all about. Kansas starting quarterback Martinez being benched with an injury. Uh, he picked it up in the TCU game last week. Will Howard steps in. Uh, lots of questions were, were being asked of, of Will and, and how was Kansas State going to respond. You know, they had that big loss. Well, not big loss, but loss last weekend against TCU. Um, and they responded by shutting out the Cowboys. Um, at one point, Spencer Sanders comes out of the game. I'm not sure if it was an injury or not. Um, I can't say I watched the game because I was at the South Carolina game when this game was going on. So, uh, But he comes out, doesn't have a good day when he's out there, uh, goes 13 for 26 for 147 yards and an interception, no touchdowns on the day. So, you know, whereas Will Howard, his counterpart, the backup quarterback, comes in, goes 21 for 37 for 296 yards and four touchdowns. 
I, I mean, a backup quarterback coming into the game and had had very little uh, game time so far this year. You know, Adrian Martinez has kind of proven that he is still a good quarterback. That sometimes, uh, you know, Nebraska just kind of kind of sucked the life out of you. I mean, I think that was just a bad position for him to be in. I think he got better of the off season. I think the Big Twelve defenses favor his play style a lot better. Uh, but Will Howard, credit to him, uh, comes in and has a great performance. The Wildcats dominated all day long. Uh, obviously, forty-eight to to nothing is is a commanding win. It's a dominating win. So, you know, I, I said last week that Kansas State had to respond quickly, and to say they did that would be putting it mildly. They went out and slaughtered Oklahoma State uh, in in what was a very very disappointing day. Uh, Oklahoma State barely getting over 200 yards of offense on the day, uh, 163 through the air, and only 54 on the ground. So, you know, I think it's going to be something where Mike Gundy's side now has to take a step back, reboot, recharge, go again. So, But Kansas State looking to, to take this confidence with them for the rest of the year. Uh, both teams have uh, four games left to play. Uh, you know, still both can still have a great year. Both still have a good chance of getting to that um, Big 12 title game if things were to fall their way. But it's going to be something where, uh, you know, Kansas State still has their fate in their own hands. Win out, you got one conference loss. Uh, I don't think anybody else has one conference loss with the exception of maybe TCU if they drop a game. Uh, but I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. I don't think TCU will drop a game. I think TCU is very, very good this year, and it's going to be uh, their their conference to lose, but Kansas State kind of holds their own destiny in their hands. If they can go on and and get a couple wins and really solidify themselves as that next best team, uh, another a rematch of Kansas State TCU is is impending in the in the Big Twelve title game. So uh, just to just to recap, twenty two Kansas State beating number nine Oklahoma State at home, forty eight to nothing. I said. This game would be an upset. Whether Vegas said it would, was actually an upset or not was up for debate. Um, but UCF taking care of business at home over Cincinnati, 25-21. to um, It was a lot lower scoring game than I thought it would be. Um, and so credit to the defenses. Uh, I, I went on the podcast on Friday and said, or Thursday, and said that it was going to be a very high scoring game. Uh, and obviously it proved to not be... And I think one of the main reasons that is is that John Reese Plumley picked up an injury at halftime, or not at halftime, but before halftime, it was taken out. Uh, it was an undisclosed injury. There's no no real real news quite yet. But Mickey Keene coming in and and playing really well. He played a good bit last year for UCF um, before Reese Plumley came in this year and and kind of took over the snaps. Uh, but Keen came in. He has that experience from last year when Dylan Gabriels was injured. Uh, he got lots of playing time then. Um, and I think it could be something where, you know, if you're a UCF fan, you're hoping it's not long-term with Reese Plumley. But you've got a backup in Keen who has that experience, who had a really good game. He went 15 for 21 for 176 yards. So, you know, took care of the football, kind of came in and knew what he needed to do. And, and they took care of business in the second half, uh, getting – getting a total of 15 points. Yep, that's right. You heard me, 15 points, including a safety in the third quarter uh, to seal the deal, 25-21. to 21. Um, But I went on the podcast on Thursday, and I said that whether either team won, I, I wouldn't be shocked. 
you know, on one hand, I'm, I really like UCF. Uh, I think they're a good team. I think Gus Malzahn is a great coach. I think he was in a bad situation at Auburn. You know, you look at it now, that program is just in disarray. It's in it's in shambles at this point in time. So I think Gus Malzahn is a great coach still. I think UCF has always been a really good program. I mean, if you're a football recruit and you're sitting here and you don't really have too many real big Power 5 offers, you know, you've maybe got like a, like a Boston College or a or Kansas, or or maybe even like a Minnesota or something. But you know, you're you're sitting here and you're trying to figure out. Well, you know, I want to go be the guy at a uh, at a program, but I don't want to go and necessarily just get killed by all these bigger programs and these bigger conferences. UCF and Cincinnati are, are kind of options for those guys. And if I were that guy, if I were sitting there weighing my options, and UCF was on the table, and I didn't have like a huge team looking at me, and I felt that I would have a big role at UCF. I mean, who doesn't want to go to Orlando, Florida, live in Florida, an hour or a half from the beach either way? I mean, I think it's a win-win situation, and, and UCF has taken advantage of that in the past couple of years, and I think that's why they've had so much success is just, you know, they play an attractive brand of football. They're in a really, really good location in Florida, so, you know, it's it's very easy to recruit and keep those guys at home in Florida, uh, and especially in the southeast. So, uh, But credit to UCF, they get the win 25-21 at home over the Cincinnati Bearcats. My next game is the one game that I said would be close. Uh, that was not. Um, Kentucky 6, Tennessee 44. Uh, if you got a chance to watch this game, this game was riddled with with mistakes on the Kentucky side. Uh, lots of blown coverages, lots of just miscommunications. Um, it was something where uh, at one point I was watching the game and Kentucky turned the ball over two times in a row, and Tennessee capitalized with a blown coverage for a touchdown and got a field goal. So, you know, I think Tennessee's kind of proven to be that team where you cannot make a lot of mistakes when you play them or they will make you pay. Uh, it was to end the half, uh, and Tennessee really took advantage of, of Kentucky's mistakes, and Kentucky never rebounded. You know, Will Levis threw three interceptions on the day, didn't even have 100 yards passing on 16 completions, uh, Chris Rodriguez, a guy who I said was going to be the reason that Kentucky had a chance in this game, he didn't even get to 70 yards. So, you know, I think Tennessee is just building their case to be a top team. They're building their case to, you know, prove that, hey, I mean, they've got a heck of a game this weekend in Athens. Uh, I am super, super excited to be able to watch that game. Um, I think we're going to learn a ton about Tennessee, and I think we're going to learn even more about Georgia this weekend. So, But Tennessee continuing to prove that they're a great team. Hendon Hooker continuing to prove that he's a Heisman-caliber quarterback. Uh, he went 29, or not 29, 19 for 25 for 245 yards and three touchdowns. So uh, he's continuing to prove that he's a great quarterback. He's continuing to take care of the football. He's only got one interception on the year, so... Uh, I think he's got one interception and like 15 touchdowns, if I'm correct. Hang on, let me look. Um, he has 13 touchdowns. No, excuse me, 21 touchdowns on the year. I apologize. 21 touchdowns to one interception. Uh, his longest touchdown is 78 yards. He just got 2,338 yards um, on the on it through the air. So you know, Hendon Hooker, like I said is continuing to prove that he is a Heisman-caliber quarterback. And Tennessee is now looking to prove that they're a playoff contender, and maybe even more so a national championship contender. 
But with that being said, they've still got to go to Athens this weekend. They've still got to play in one of the hardest places to play in the country. And they're going to play probably the best defense in the country. So this weekend, we're going to learn a lot about Hendon Hooker. We're going to learn a lot about that Tennessee offense. And we're going to learn a lot about Georgia. Um, you know, is that defense legit? Is their offense able to capable of putting up as many points as Tennessee is? Um, I think it's going to be one of those things where Tennessee's going to score. I, I think we, we've seen enough from, from Hendon Hooker in the offense now to know that Tennessee's going to score, and it's going to be a thing where you just have to stop them. So it's going to be very interesting to see if Stetson Bennett and the boys can uh, continue to prove that they are elite, that continue to prove that they're the number one team in the country. Uh, they took care of business over Florida this weekend, 42-20. to 20. Uh, No real surprise there. Uh, just kind of blew them out in the first half. Uh, and, and never really looked back. But uh, it's really, really exciting to be able to watch this game this weekend. Uh, the AP poll has them as the top two teams in the country. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think they're riding off Ohio State a little bit. Uh, but I think some of that might be just to kind of get the press up, to get the publicity for this game upcoming this weekend. Um, but needless to say, Tennessee winning 44-6 to over Kentucky is a huge result for Tennessee. It's a huge result uh, for this upcoming weekend. So. Uh, to, if you can't tell, I'm really excited about this game. Uh, I'm really excited to be able to watch and learn a lot about both of these teams. So we always say on the podcast that questions are going to be answered, and we have a ton of questions and a ton of answers coming. So uh, I think both of these teams, a win this weekend for either one of these teams is, is going to, I'm not going to say guarantee a place in the playoff. You know, obviously crazy things happen. Tennessee could win this weekend or lose this weekend and, and, and win out, or, or Georgia could win this weekend or lose this weekend and, and, and win out. And it, we got this crazy phenomena where we've got three one-loss teams, and and we've talked about it before. I think it would be crazy. It would be uh, insane. So, uh, But needless to say, Tennessee 44, Kentucky 6, the Volunteers, and a huge blowout win. Finally, my last game of the weekend that I picked uh, is North Carolina at home against Pitt, uh, the Tar Heels get the job taken care of, 42-24, to and it was a very, very close game going into the fourth quarter. I said it, I said it, that, that Pitt was going to keep it close, that Pitt was going to keep it respectable, but I thought the Tar Heels would just do enough to kind of break away. Uh, Pitt even had a three-point lead, 24-21, to going into the fourth quarter, um, and then did not score another point, whereas North Carolina scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and kind of blew them out. Drake May having a heck of a day. You know, I think it's one of those things now where we we need to start watching out for, for North Carolina and the Tar Heels because uh, I think they're kind of proving that they deserve a spot in the ACC championship game. Uh, I don't really think there's anybody else uh, in the ACC other than Clemson and North Carolina that really deserve a spot anymore uh, with Wake Forest dropping a game, Syracuse dropping another game. So, um, you know... North Carolina State is still kind of keeping around. Uh, their freshman quarterback had a great game this weekend against uh, Virginia Tech, if you haven't seen it. Uh, very impressive from the freshman. Um, but I just think that, that the freshman quarterback is going to catch up with them eventually. So, But North Carolina sitting at 7-1. and one. Drake May went 34 for 44 for 388 yards and five touchdowns. So you know Drake May continues to prove that he is elite that he is something that we're going to need to keep an eye on. Uh, and and is kind of one of those things where 
in another year, Drake May might have himself a Heisman caliber day, uh, or, or not day, but year. But I think in a year where C.J. Stroud is putting up the numbers he is, uh, especially Hendon Hooker putting up the numbers he is, uh, and Bryce Young continues to to improve and, and is still you know your reigning Heisman Trophy winner, he's still having a great year. So, uh, like I said, in a different year, I think Drake May uh, is probably your front runner for Heisman, but for the time being, he's not. Um, you know, Keaton Slotus didn't have a bad day. He went 14 for 31 for 236 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So, you know, you would like, as a Pittsburgh Panther fan, you would like for to see him complete more of those passes, especially uh, down the field. Um, you know, he did a really good job uh, over the top hitting Jared Wayne, uh, a couple big plays down the middle uh, on post routes. Um, but other than that, no other receivers really got going. They only had three receivers catch a pass other than, or with Wayne included. So, you know, that's something where, you know, if you want to kind of have that success, if you want to go on the road and upset a top 25 team, uh, you need to have, have a couple big days from a couple big players. Uh, Abanacanda had a big day. He went for 127 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he kind of delivered what we all thought he would. He's continuing to prove that he's a great, great running back. Um, I'd say he's probably one of the best in the country. Uh, he's he's really boosting his draft stock. I think he's one to watch for the future. He's got a big frame. He's got a big... Uh, he's a strong runner, he's a physical runner, uh, and he's extremely fast. So uh, he's going to be one to watch kind of going into the end of the year as he continues to boost his draft stock. Uh, but Pitt just didn't have an answer for Drake May in the offense in the second half, uh, especially in the fourth quarter when they scored 21 unanswered. So uh, North Carolina, uh, a team to watch going forward uh, and taking care of business over Pitt, 42-24. to like I said, there were lots of upsets this past weekend, especially in the top 25. So we're just going to kind of briefly mention some of them. Uh, we'll start with the Missouri Tigers beating South Carolina 23-10 to at Williams-Brice. Louisville took care of business at home 48-21 to over Wake Forest. Notre Dame went on the road and took care of business over Syracuse 41-24. to And finally, UCF beating Cincinnati 25-21 at home. So those are your big upsets of the weekend. Nothing else really kind of stands out. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of teams taking care of business. A lot of teams, um, you know, were favored to win and got wins. But some big upsets, you know, you especially after last week where you didn't really see too many upsets. You didn't really see too much chaos going on. Uh, you had some big games uh, that were played out, but nothing that was too too out of the ordinary, too crazy. Um, but definitely some big ones this week. Uh, but that's going to do it for our Games of the Weekend recap. Uh, just to recap, Ohio State took care of business 44-31 to over Penn State. Oklahoma State got blown out on the road by Kansas State 48 to nothing. Cincinnati drops out of the top 25 after a loss to UCF 21-25. to Kentucky loses on the road to Tennessee 44-6. to And Pitt falls short 24 24- to 42 on the road at North Carolina. Like I said, the committee is going to be back at it tomorrow night uh, with their picks, but the AP poll still comes out. The AP poll comes out every week, if you guys didn't know, but now they just stop looking at the AP poll and they only look at the college football playoff projected and and that top 25. Uh, so I'm going to give you the AP poll because uh, that's still irrelevant for right now. Um, and then I'm going to name... 
you know, if I was a part of the committee, what would my picks for top 25 be? Uh, but the AP poll goes as following. Number one, Georgia. Tied for two is Tennessee and Ohio State. Four is Michigan. Five is Clemson. Six is Alabama. Seven is TCU. Eight is Oregon. Nine is Southern Cal. Ten is UCLA. Eleven is Ole Miss. Twelve is Utah. Thirteen is Kansas State. Fourteen is Illinois. Fifteen is LSU. Sixteen is Penn State. Seventeen is North Carolina. Eighteen is Oklahoma State. Nineteen is Tulane. Twenty is Wake Forest. Twenty-one is North Carolina. Twenty-two is Syracuse. Twenty-three is Liberty. Twenty-four is Oregon State. And twenty-five is UCF. So, uh, lots of movement in the, in the polls this week. Uh, not really in the top 10, so to speak, but definitely from 11 on back. There's lots of movement, lots of teams dropping and jumping each other after those big upsets. Three teams fell out of the top 25, and they are Cincinnati, Kentucky, and South Carolina uh, after all teams were beaten this past weekend. Um, and only the Kentucky game was really kind of expected. So, uh, but lots of lots of lots of movement, lots lots for the committee to think about over the next couple hours, the next couple days to to go into this weekend. But I I had the thought last night I was laying in bed and I was trying to think about how I would kind of talk about the committee. There's not really a lot to talk about right now. They haven't done anything yet. So, uh, but I figured you know what? Heck, I know enough about it to to pick my top 25. So I picked mine. And, and I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit. I'm going to start from 25, and I'm going to go to 1. 25 is Maryland. Maryland sits right outside the top 25 in the AP poll right now. Uh, they've received 36 votes to get in, which makes them 28th in the country uh, behind Texas and Kentucky right outside the top 25. So, you know, I think Maryland sitting at 6-2. and two, uh, They've got some, some really good wins. Their only two losses coming to Michigan and Minnesota. So, not bad losses. They've still got a couple big games yet to play. Uh, they've still got Ohio State, and they've still got Penn State to play. So uh, the the Terrapins are going to get their shot at at an upset. They're going to get their shot at getting in. Um, you know, they're not a team where if they continue to win, they've got a chance to get to the the, the playoffs or, or even really a conference championship because they've got the likes of Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State in their in, in their division in the Big Ten, but. Uh, Maryland is going to be 25 for me. They've had a good year. They're continuing to win games. Uh, Tulia Tagavailoa is kind of coming into his own. He's kind of finally uh, kind of sparking and showing that he is a good quarterback. So Maryland at 25. UCF at 24. Uh, after the big win this weekend over Cincinnati, uh, the, the, the AP poll agrees that they should be ranked. They're 25th there. They're 24th in my poll. 23 is Oregon State. Uh, once again, sitting at 6-2. and two. They're having a good year. Uh, you know, if you're six and two right now, it's kind of hard not to be ranked. Uh, I think kind of the big thing here is that they they've got Washington upcoming this weekend, so they they've got a big game. They've got another chance to to prove that they should be ranked. So, uh, you know, Oregon State kind of holds their destiny right now. Uh, the Pac-12, like I keep saying, is pretty wide open. So, uh, Oregon State at 23 for me. 22 is Wake Forest. Uh, after losing to Louisville on the road this weekend, uh, they dropped a good bit in the AP polls. They dropped a good bit in my polls. 21 is Liberty. Uh, they sit at 7-1. and one. They've got some big wins. 
they're going to Arkansas this weekend, so another chance for for the Flames to get a big win, another chance for them to prove to the country that they're they're a good team, they're a good uh, good program. Hugh Freeze has really done a really good job there. Uh, so Liberty for me is 21. Number 20 for me is NC State. Uh, big win this weekend against Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech not really a challenge. Uh, they did come back uh, from being down 21 to three at one point. Uh, the freshman quarterback did a really really good job in that game uh, of not really getting rattled by the score. Uh, continuing to just go out and run the offense. 19 is Oklahoma State. Uh, after a blowout this week uh, against Kansas State, they drop 10 spots from 9 to 19 in my polls. Um, they sit a little higher at 18 in the AP polls. At 18 for me is Penn State. Uh, two tough losses this year for Penn State against Michigan and Ohio State. So Penn State looking to keep their season alive, keep their season uh, keep their season going and staying in the the top 25. Um, but sitting at six and two now, uh, upcoming game is against Indiana, so they've got to really kind of lock in and and finish the season strong these next four games. Seventeen for me is Tulane. Tulane having a heck of a year, sitting at seven and one. Uh, they continue to win games. They continue to prove that 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 win over Kansas State wasn't a fluke, wasn't that wasn't just a, a trap game, so to speak. But because they're a good football team, and, and Kansas State, honestly, if you're Kansas State, you're hoping and praying they keep winning because. The more they win, the worse, the better that loss looks. 16 for me is LSU, taking care of business. Two losses on the year, not horrible losses. Um, so LSU is 16 for me. 15 for me is UNC. I'm really high on the Tar Heels. I think if they can continue to win, that ACC championship game against Clemson could be a top 10 matchup. Uh, and it could be something where a couple of teams lose and, and UNC were to win the ACC. If they're a one-loss conference champion, they could have a look for the college football playoff. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying that there's a chance. 14 is Illinois, having a heck of a year, sitting at 7-1, uh, continuing to win in the Big Ten West. Uh, I think right now it's it's their side of the conference to lose in the Big Ten. 13 for me is Utah, having a good year, kind of self-explanatory, 6-2. and two, Big win over USC. Number 12 is Kansas State. Two-loss team, but I think they're probably the best two-loss team in the country. Uh, both of those losses are two good teams. Like I said, Tulane loss doesn't look too bad anymore. Uh, I think TCU is a really good team. So Kansas State is 12. The University of Southern California at 11. Uh, just for everybody who's wondering, I refuse to call them USC now because South Carolina officially changed back to USC. Uh, so if you hear me refer to them as anything other than USC, that is why uh, the real USC is in Columbia. Number 10 is Ole Miss. Had a good bounce-back win this weekend against Texas A&M. They sit at 8-1. and one. Uh, I think they're going to cause problems. They've got Alabama coming up. So Ole Miss is at 10. UCLA is at 9. I think their one loss on the year to Oregon is going to kind of prove to be, uh, you know, not a bad loss. I think Oregon's a good team. I think they're a team now where, kind of like UNC, a couple teams lose and they went out. Maybe we're looking at Oregon to get in. Maybe not, but maybe. Uh, and speaking of Oregon, number eight for me is Oregon. Number seven is Alabama for me. Uh, Bama with that one loss to Tennessee. It's not a bad loss, but I just, you know, they're they're behind some undefeated teams uh, in my AP poll. Number six is TCU for me. Uh, I really like TCU. 
I think it, right now they've kind of got an open shot. Like Clemson, I think they've kind of got their, their path is is laid out. If they win out, I think they get in. So you know, TCU's sitting at six, just outside for me because once again they're undefeated. Once again, that that path is kind of clear cut. It's it's obvious. So TCU at six, Michigan is at five. Uh, this is my first kind of big flip in the top five, but I I just haven't seen enough for Michigan other than the Penn State game to really be. Uh, confident in in them being in that top four, and with the impending doom of Ohio State coming, uh, you know I think it's going to be one of those things where I'm just a little hesitant to put Michigan in quite yet. Uh, not just because of of the upcoming games, but because I just haven't seen enough from Michigan this year. Number four is Clemson. They're eight and zero. They've won the games they need to win. They've played some big time teams. Uh, regardless of of how the quarterback play was against Syracuse, they still won. Syracuse still is a good team. Uh, I dropped them out of my top 25. The AP poll still has them in. So, but Syracuse at, or not Syracuse, Clemson at four. Number three is Tennessee. I'm not moving Tennessee up, not because they're not good enough, but because I think Ohio State and Georgia are just that good. Um, but like I said, Tennessee with an absolutely massive game coming up this weekend against Georgia. They've got an opportunity to jump them. They've got an opportunity to prove that they, they deserve a playoff spot. Um, and it's going to be really, really cool to watch and have a have a great time watching that game. Number two is Georgia for me. Uh, like I said, I think Ohio State's the best team in the country, and Georgia's the number the number two team in the country. Their defense is elite. Uh, that defense reloaded and is just going again. And and Stetson Bennett and, and Brock Bowers and the offense is having a great year. Uh, Stetson Bennett kind of proving that sometimes that experience and that wealth of knowledge can be really beneficial for a team. And then finally, at number one, I have Ohio State. I think Ohio State is the cream of the crop right now. I think that offense is unbelievable. I think it's the best in the country. That defense really stepped up and had a really, really good game this weekend against Penn State, kind of answering that question of, okay, well, the offense is really good, but what about the defense? I think now we kind of know that defense is good. That defense may not be Georgia good, but it's still really good. So just to recap, because I know I kind of went all over the place there, one is Ohio State, two is Georgia, three is Tennessee, Four is Clemson, five is Michigan, six is TCU, seven is Alabama, eight is Oregon, nine is UCLA, ten is Ole Miss, eleven is the University of Southern California, twelve is Kansas State, thirteen is Utah, fourteen is Illinois, fifteen is North Carolina, sixteen is LSU, seventeen is Tulane, eighteen is Penn State, nineteen is Oklahoma State, twenty is North Carolina State, twenty one is Liberty. 22 is Wake Forest, 23 is Oregon State, 24 is UCF, and 25 is Maryland. Again, that's my top 25. My top 25 has absolutely no say in anything. I just create content, so that's my content for the day. Um, Let me know what you guys think. What did I get wrong? What did you guys agree with? Who would you have in that I don't have in? Who would you not have in that I have in? Banter with me. Go to the Twitter Find me on social media. Go to the, the anchor dot, anchor.com slash next-gen-athletics and let me know. Let's let's talk. Let's have that banter. I love the conversation. Uh, but that's my top 25. We'll see what the committee thinks tomorrow as far as, as where these teams line up versus the AP poll line up versus my poll line up. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see. Lots of fun, exciting content to cover today. Uh, It's going to be a little bit of a longer episode. I apologize for that. Hope you guys have some time on your Halloween uh, and and the day's coming to to give it a listen. So uh, that's my AP poll. 
getting into the winners and the losers of the weekend. There were lots of winners this weekend. I, I probably could have picked a good few. Uh, and, and you know, all of the teams that got the upsets were, were winners and, and all of the teams that um, kind of really took care of business uh, are winners. But I, I named four and then I did an honorable mention and then I did four losers and a dishonorable mention because apparently we established that last week that it's not really a good thing to be a loser of the week. So my first winner of the week is Kansas State. Uh, Kansas State getting the win 48 to nothing over Oklahoma State. An absolutely massive blowout, uh, a big, big result in the Big 12 because it keeps their conference title hopes alive. It keeps them at a one loss. And like I said, I don't think anybody else in that conference has one one loss in conference. Uh, Kansas State has two losses overall with that loss to Tulane. But once again, the more Tulane wins, the better that loss looks. So Kansas State is my winner of the weekend. My next winner of the weekend is Notre Dame. Notre Dame has kind of quietly had a good year. Um, you know, obviously it, after the first couple, couple weeks, it looked as though Notre Dame was going to have a terrible year, but they sit at five and three. They've got a big, big game coming up this weekend against Clemson. So, uh, Notre Dame at home in that game as well is going to look to get a second upset. The Tigers are going to look to respond after some QB controversy and, and take care of business on the road. But Notre Dame is my other winner of the weekend for their 41 to 24 win at Syracuse. Next is Oregon. Oregon quietly kind of took care of business this weekend, 42-24 to over California. And I challenged the Ducks last weekend when I talked about their game against UCLA. I said it's really, really easy, especially for teams after that big win to dip next week. They did not. They had had a good week. They kind of started a little slow, not scoring any in the first quarter. Might have scared a couple people, but they took care of business in the long run, 42-24 to over Cal to remain one loss, to remain the cream of the crop in the Pac-12. For that and the fact that they're eighth in the country, I've got them at eight. Uh, the AP poll keeps them at seven, I think. Um, but like I said, a couple teams lose and Oregon wins out. Crazy things are Crazier things have happened. So uh, Oregon is my next winner of the weekend. And finally, UCF. Uh, and they're a winner of the weekend for two reasons. Two reasons. One is they beat a top 25 team. Okay, but yes, I understand Vegas had them favored. Cincinnati was on the road. Cincinnati's only twentieth. Like they're not like this super great, huge, good team. My next reason is that they won because their second string quarterback came in the game at halftime and closed the game out really well. So if you can can pivot like that from your backup quarterback to the starting quarterback and starting quarterback to the backup quarterback, anytime you could do that, you're gonna be in my winner of the week. So my four winners of the week are Kansas State. Notre Dame, Oregon, and UCF. My honorable mention for winner of the week is North Carolina State. Once again, that freshman quarterback had an absolutely great game against Virginia Tech on Thursday night. Uh, responded well even after going down. So honorable mention to North Carolina State. My losers of the weekend. Oh boy, this one's going to hurt. My first one is South Carolina. Oh, man. Okay. Listen, I'm going to show a little bit of bias here. I go to South Carolina. It's a little more personal. South Carolina's offense this past weekend, if you guys have not had a chance to go back and, and watch any of South Carolina's games this year, uh, and if you had, you know that the offense of Carolina has struggled all year. 
the question has been, is it Spencer Rattler? Is it, the, is, it, is it the line? Is it the receivers? Is it the running backs? I think after this weekend, it's very clear and obvious now that Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, is the problem. I think at one point, here's a crazy stat, at one point, six out of nine plays in the third quarter that they ran were, were some sort of screen. Well, whether it was like a bubble screen or a wide receiver screen, there was a running back screen in there at one point. It was it was third and 18, and they ran another screen for the third play in a row. And, and it's just, I mean, that's just bad coaching. I, I'm not sitting here, and I'm not going to say that I could do it better because I couldn't. I, I don't know that much about football to, to be able to sit down and watch film and scheme and, and know, okay, well, this defense is lined up in this package, so we're going to run this play. I'm not saying I could do it better. I'm saying that, that – that he gets paid a million dollars a year to do that, and he needs to be better. So there you go. That's the little bit of South Carolina bias for you. I know more about them because I was at the game. I go here, okay? So just let me have that one. But big loser of the week, South Carolina. They, they've they had an opportunity to prove to the country that they deserve to be in the top 25. They had an opportunity to prove to the SEC that they're back, that they're having a great year. Um, and while they still could have a great year, Losing to Missouri at home after going into the AP Top 25 is kind of what I warned Oregon about. Sometimes when you get the big win, they beat Texas A&M. They snapped the streak last weekend. They get into the Top 25. The fun, it's awesome, it's there. And then they lose, and now they're back outside the Top 25. So South Carolina is my first big loser of the weekend. My next one is Oklahoma State. In Oklahoma State, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Oklahoma a couple years, not years, weeks back, when they got blown out in the Red River rivalry game against Texas. You've got one of the best offenses in the country. Some would argue the best, especially in your own conference in the Big 12. How in the world do you go to Kansas State and not score a single point? Listen, I'm not trying to take anything away from Kansas State. Will Howard had a great day. He stepped up and had a really great game. Uh, and Kansas State is a good team. I'm not trying to take away from that. But how in the world are you the number nine team in the country and you don't score a single point? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. It's not good. And guess what? That's what gets you to be a loser of the week. So congratulations, Oklahoma State. You are my next loser of the week. Moving into my third. Uh, I got two left, and these two are in the same conference, and they're both in the same boat. Wake Forest. You're a top 10 team. You're looking to prove to everybody, hey, Clemson drops a game. We're ready. We are We are destined for greatness. We're a top 10 team. This is not a fluke. Dave Clawson side has a really great year. They were had a one loss. They, they look to be one of the best one loss teams in the country. And then they lost to Louisville. And they did not just lose to Louisville. They let Louisville score 35 points in the third quarter. 35 they did not score a single point in the third quarter. It was a close game at halftime. It was 13-14 to 14 Wake Forest at halftime, and then Louisville came out and, and somehow, some way, scored 35 points, and, and Wake Forest answered with seven points of their own in the fourth quarter. But when, you, when somebody scores 35 points on you in a quarter, it's, it, you're not going to rebound from that, especially if you're not putting up 35 points of your own. It's plain and simple. So... Uh, that that gets you definitely gets you in in the loser of the week category. Uh, so Wake Forest, congrats! You're also my loser of the week. And finally, my last loser of the week is Syracuse. 
Syracuse did exactly what I warned UCLA not to do. UCLA lost a close game to Oregon, uh, and I warned them, listen, sometimes after that big loss, sometimes you have this big chance to kind of prove to the country that you're elite, and and you lost. It's okay. It happens. And UCLA responded well. They went out and beat Stanford 38-13, to took care of business. They stay at one loss. They stay stay in the top 10 in my in my poll. Uh, I think they're. I think they are in the top ten in, in the AP poll as well. But Syracuse did exactly what I warned them not to do. I said, "Listen, okay, you lost a game. It's all right. Don't let that kill your momentum." I mean, look at Kansas right now. Kansas was what five and zero, and and now I think a lot of people in the country would say that they're probably not going to get to a bowl game. So, uh, you know, yeah, you, you hate to see it for a team like Syracuse. Uh, I, I don't know anybody that really doesn't like Syracuse. It's hard to not like Syracuse. I don't necessarily like their basketball team, but that has more to do with the coach than anything. Um, but Syracuse, you're at home. You you got to sleep in your own bed. Well, probably not. You probably slept in a hotel, but you got to sleep in the same hotel you sleep in every home game. You, you still you had your home crowd there, and I mean I'm not gonna say you got blown out because 41 to 24 is not a blowout, but you got dominated. <laughs> Notre Dame pinned you down and and took you to the took you to the slaughter shed. They scored, they outscored you in the first half, twenty one to seven, and and you just couldn't respond. You know we talk a lot about it on this podcast and, and in college sports that a lot of teams are second half teams. You know South Carolina, for instance, is a team that likes to pride themselves in being a second half team. A lot of times though, South Carolina can get into a hole in the first half and they can't dig out. That's what happened this weekend. Um, and that compound that with the fact that they could not move the ball on offense and they lost. I think the same thing is true here with Syracuse and the fact that they dug themselves a hole. They were four, 14 points down and, and couldn't get out and, and got desperate. So that gets you in my losers of the week category. Uh, so just to recap, my four losers of the week are the South Carolina Gamecocks, Oklahoma State Cowboys, Wake Forest Demon Deacons, and the Syracuse Orange. And my dishonorable mention um, is kind of kind of a joke, kind of not a joke. Um, but anybody who watched the Miami UVA game, to clarify for the people who didn't, uh, I kid you not. I kid. I'm not making this up. Miami beat UVA 14 to 12 in fourth overtime. Four overtimes. It was six to six. Because of two field goals by either team going into overtime. So, a moment of silence. There was not a single touchdown scored in the entire game. It was a bunch of field goals. And then, obviously, once you get to the third overtime, it goes to two-point conversions. And and finally, Miami got one and UVA didn't. So, my my dishonorable mention for loser of the week is anybody who took their time out of sat, out of their Saturday out of all the great games to watch to watch the Miami UVA game and, and watch just a bore fest. So there you go. That's my dishonorable mention for loser of the week. Rest in peace to anybody who did that because that's just golly, that's bad. I mean, fourteen to twelve and four overtimes. That's bad. Um, so there's that. Um, but. That's going to do it for the podcast today, guys. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. Um, let me know what you think. Go follow on social media and leave us some reviews. Shoot me a DM. Tweet at me. Uh, feel free to kind of engage with me. I want to kind of have that conversation with you guys. The Twitter handle is next underscore gen underscore A-T-H. 
And on Instagram, we are next underscore gen underscore athletics. Uh, engage with me. Let me know what you guys think. I want to have that kind of banter. Um, also, I'm going to put up a poll on Twitter. Uh, I might see if I can do it on Instagram. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. Uh, but let me guys, let me know what you guys want next for for our next interview. Uh, I think we're going to do the options of of if you guys want another analyst like we had in, in Thomas Woods a couple weeks ago and a player or, or in a coach. Uh, so I'm going to put that poll up on, on, on Twitter. Uh, go vote. Go let me know. And then we'll see what I can do from there on and, and getting that set up for you guys. Uh, but I want to bring you guys the best content I can. Um, so go go do that. It's just as much your show as it is my show. I want you guys to enjoy it and, and learn and get educated from it. So uh, that's going to be up this week. I'm going to leave that running probably until Thursday and then let you know what the results are Thursday morning when I record the next podcast. Um, but that's going to do it for me. Have a great Monday. Have a great rest of your week. Happy Halloween. And I will talk to you guys later on this week.